We are going to be reading scripture this morning from Acts chapter 2, which tells us about what happened at Pentecost and which became the birth of the church as we know it today. And we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and ask the Holy Spirit to be a part of what we're doing and to be present in our lives, but I don't know how many of us have actually experienced the, Holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the same way that the people did at Pentecost. So let's read through these words because they are such a foundation to our faith, like I said, and they're so important to who we are as Christians. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, we hear, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native languages? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. We ask God's blessing on the reading of his word. Let us be in prayer for our pastor this morning and for the reading of the word to stay in our hearts. Dear Lord, we come together on this early summer morning and just sing your praises because of who you are and what all of the wonderful things that you've done in our lives. We have many, many things to pray for from all of the summer things that are now starting to take place for graduations that have have come and gone, for summer plans that are beginning, for the FLY program as they got started this week and got launched and will be feeding many, many children this summer. We just pray that your spirit will be with them and guide them and and reach people in amazing ways. We know that Vacation Bible School will be coming in a couple weeks, and many children will come for that, and lives will be touched there as well. And as our pastors and laity and bishop have been preparing and are now in Des Moines for annual conference, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will be so strong in that place that it will be guiding conversations and discussions and all of the things that are taking place, and that everyone will be heard and listened to during this time. We pray for that that your power, your Holy Spirit, will guide each and everything that happens there. And Lord, we know that when the Holy Spirit works in our own lives, sometimes we don't even see it. We don't recognize it. We're just kind of baffled by what happens, and we don't really understand how it all works. But sometimes it brings and comes clear. Sometimes it becomes so evident, just like it did on the day of Pentecost, that there's no mistaking what your power is and and how much it can accomplish. And so, Lord, just help us to see those things in our daily lives, those times in which 
you break through that and use your Holy Spirit to wake us up, to make us realize that you are active and you are living and you are present in every single thing that we do and say and the ways in which we act with each other. And so, Lord, help us not to miss those moments in which your Holy Spirit is working in our lives and recognize it for what it is because it is your great power and your great love. And so, Lord, as we uh, hear the message that Kelsey has prepared for us, the one that you have given her, put on her heart to share with us today, we just ask that our hearts will be wide open to receive it and that we will hear the strength of this message and come to understand a little bit better about the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. Maybe. Good now? All right. There we go. Uh, so we are hitting a busy season uh, this summer. Often people uh, think that the church dies down this summer. Not this summer. We have a lot going on. Um, the Freedom Movement that's going to be launching this fall, they are having a lot of things starting this week. They're going to be trained, starting to train their leaders, um, doing a lot of planning. Uh, they're really excited and geared up and ready to go. Um, but there's still a lot more going on. I don't know if you saw the table out there uh, with the giraffe or if you noticed in the announcements. Uh, VBS is only two weeks away. Two weeks. So in this room, in two weeks, it's going to be looking completely different. It's going to be looking like a safari. The things are going to be, the chairs are going to be moved. And there's going to be a lot of screaming kids. A lot. Hopefully they're screaming for Jesus. That's our hope, right? But that's not always true, right? So two weeks. They're still some short on some things that they need um, to kind of let VBS run, kind of the mechanisms, the gears that they need. I know that they um, had asked for donations out there, some, um, some specific things. But if you don't want to go buy specific things or if you don't have the time and you just want to give some cash or some monetary donations so that they can go buy it, um, they have an iPad out there with a credit card or a, a, deb a debit card swiper. Um, or you can just put money in or a check in an envelope and drop it in the offering plate. Um, they just have some last-minute things that they need to get before VBS starts in two weeks. Two weeks. It's crazy. Uh, and then also, a month from yesterday is when Summer Games University kicks off in July 8th. It's crazy. Everything is just kind of coming up really fast. So we have less than a month until Summer Games starts. So if you haven't signed up, get your name in there. Or if your student hasn't signed up or your, or your child hasn't signed up, get your name in there. They need to order some T-shirts, get some final counts, and know how many huddle leaders they need. So uh, sign up. The church pays 150 of each camper's way. So if, you're, if money's an issue, know we pay a portion. And if you still need a little bit more than that, please come see me, and I will get that taken care of for you. Okay? So register today. It's sgu.camp. Pretty easy. Last thing. So you heard Vicki talking about annual conference. So annual conference is going on right now. Vicki and I are the only kind of worship staff that are on stage today. We're missing uh, Mike, who is, uh, who's, preach who's down there with the, the, cl the clergy. We're missing Tyler, who's our intern. We're missing Simon, who is our worship leader, who is leading the Summer Games Band for annual conference down there. So that's pretty cool. And then Mara. So all four of them are down there at annual conference. Um, there's a lot going on in the Methodist Church uh, there's a lot of things happening in the overarching body. So they covet your prayers. So if you could just pray for those four, pray for the, for the denomination as a whole, that would be awesome.
and just keep continuing to pray uh, that the Holy Spirit, like Pentecost, would just kind of fall on our denomination in that way. So to our sermon, to where we at, to the visions from the great beyond. So we are on our second week. And last week, Mike kind of introduced us to the idea of the visions from the great beyond. And he gave us a really good idea last week so that we can keep in our mind throughout this whole series. The thing that he told us is that often the details of a story, so the details in the story, point to the point, but they are not the point. So what that means is the details are not what we're looking for, but they tell us where we need to look. So as we continue on through this series, keep that in mind. And another funny thing is this whole series, I think it's like six to eight weeks long, all of them are from the book of Ezekiel. All of the sermons are from the book of Ezekiel except for today. Mike likes to preach preach Ezekiel, so he put me on Acts is what he decided to do. But today's Pentecost, and if you don't know, I'll, I'll tell that in a little bit, but Acts 2 actually tells the story of Pentecost. And it's not a vision that happens. If you heard what Vicky read, what actually happened was reality in front of their face. It wasn't a vision, but it was something kind of crazy that you don't see in your everyday life. So backing up, Pentecost. That's what all these people are here. So at Pentecost is when Jews all over the area gathered to celebrate the harvest that God had given them. So that's why they're all in this selected area. All these Jews of different cultures, different languages, um, different, different ideas, they're all here to celebrate the harvest that God has for them. And this time, in Acts 2 at this one, they thought they were just there to celebrate that. That's what they thought. They didn't think anything magical was going to happen. They just thought it was another year. Yet they had no idea what God was going to do. No idea. And us with hindsight, it's kind of like, you guys just wait. But they have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm trying to imagine being in this place where there's all these people who speak all these languages and have no idea what's going on. But then how many of you in here have been to Haiti? Raise your hand. If you've been to Haiti, on a trip to Haiti. So we go on trips to Haiti um, often, uh, a couple times during the year. And I remember my last trip to Haiti, we went in November. And not 12, like 12 hours into this country, we get there on a Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, we go to church. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just hear all these people singing and reading the Bible and saying all these words. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, but it sounds great because I know you're praising Jesus. And that's kind of what I feel like these people felt. Like, I have no idea what you're saying, but I know you're here for the same reason that I'm here, so amen, right? That's how those people felt. So this day on Pentecost, something greater happened than any of these guys were ready to hear. So today, we're going to keep it simple, besides this little introduction. We're going to keep it simple. There's three things. We're going to talk about three specific things. So if you're taking notes, make sure you count the three things that happened on Pentecost that changed the world, not only for them, but for us. There's three things that happened. And the first thing is that the Holy Spirit started to reside in all believers and transform their lives. They no longer just resided in specific prophets or specific chosen ones. They resided in all believers and transformed all people's lives. No longer reserved for the few. So there's this little sponge, and I I think the band was kind of wondering what it was there for. But have any of you know what this is? What is this? Scrub Daddy. It's called a Scrub Daddy, which is kind of weird. It's a smiley face with, like, little hair on top. Have any of you ever seen the show Shark Tank? 
Who loves Mr. Wonderful, right? Is he the best? I, everybody goes in terrified of Mr. Wonderful. But So what happened was on Shark Tank, there's these five sharks, as they call them. There's five people who are have lots of money, lots and lots of money. They've started companies, sold them. They have billions of dollars. And they go on this show, and then people come with great ideas or products and present them to the sh- these sharks in hopes that the sharks will partner with them and give them money. So, f- me, I looked up what the top 10 products from Shark Tank, and guess what this one was? Number one. It was number one. So what happened? A sponge. A sponge number one, right? Weird. So I looked up the video, because I'd never seen the, the video of Scrub Daddy, and what happened is this guy knew that his product was rock solid. He knew that this thing was awesome. So he came prepared. He had his spread. He has his his hot water, his cold water, his sticky surface, and he did it. And then what happened is he he wasn't a millionaire or even a billionaire before he got on that show. He did his demonstration with the sponge, and the people saw how awesome his product was. They saw how how awesome this thing that he created was, and she believed in him. Lori chose him, believed in him, and this company is making billions of dollars now. Billions of dollars. A sponge is making billions of dollars. Don't you guys wish you created this? The thing is, this is a great product. Before they came in, this product worked. He knew what he was doing when he created it. The The sharks didn't transform this. This stayed the same. What Lori did is just transformed the reach that this had. Lori transformed the marketing, the spending, the distribution, everything about the company, but didn't change the product. Hear this. Listen to this. God already created you to be used for his glory. You were already created to be used for his glory, for someone to be someone who seeks after him. But, but you need to be transformed by the Holy Spirit to reach his people. God already created us to be used for his glory, but you need to be transformed to reach his people. We have the power from the Holy Spirit to use the spiritual gifts that we were created with. So when the Spirit transforms us, we can market ourselves differently. We can look differently and perceive ourselves differently so we perceive Christ, not the world. Or we can also have, spend our time effectively so we're not wasting our time on things. But instead, we're spending our time on, improve, on spreading the gospel and giving glory to Jesus instead of glory to the world. Or we can change how we distribute the gospel to the world by being transformed by the Holy Spirit. We were already a great product. God created us how he wanted us, but we needed to be transformed in the ways that we lived, in the ways we thinked, so we can then be a billion-dollar product to to spread billions of people into disciples. The Holy Spirit changes how we live our everyday life. And that's what God wants. He wants to create disciples for the transformation of the world. So if you look at Acts 2, what Vicki read, God was ready. He brought his people to celebrate his harvest, but what they didn't realize is God was going to harvest his people and claim them back to transform the world. 
That wasn't about their harvest. It was about him harvesting his people back. He was getting his people back so they could spread the, spread the gospel to the entire world. And that's my second point. The second thing that happened on Pentecost is that the gospel's reach transformed farther than it had ever before. The gospel's reach had expanded, but only by God's hand. I want to tell a little story. So there's going to put a picture up. Um, this is my, my kids, Brinley and Daxton. Um, Brinley's three, Daxton's one, going to be two this summer. Um, Daxton was, when I interviewed for this job back in 2017, I was actually pregnant with Daxton. I was nine and a half months pregnant when I went through an eight and a half hour interview with, for this job. Uh, and then four days later, Dax popped out. So uh, he is one and a half. She, or she, he's almost two. She's three. Uh, they're the best of friends. As they've grown up, um, they are absolutely wonderful. They're also terrors, um, what kids aren't, right? Um, but they are, they are wonderful. They become best friends. They like to play with each other. Uh, they like to do all these fun things. Uh, how many of you have ever played the game The Floor is Lava? How many of you ever played that? Any kids at heart in here? Yeah. The Floor is Lava. They love that game, especially on my living room furniture. Uh, that's why we've gotten, like, my living room furniture costs, like, a total of, like, $150 right now because I know that they were going to jump on it and do all these things. But they love The Floor is Lava. And this right here is kind of a loving gesture, what she's doing. Um, but anybody knows that she's probably squeezing his neck after the picture was taken. And that's kind of true. Last week they were playing the floor is lava in our living room. And they were running around and jumping from the table to the, to the, the couch and then jumping back and forth. And then what happened is Brinley saw Daxton alone. And so she ran and she tackled him to the floor. Like kind of like a dive tackle, you think, in football. She did that exact same thing. As soon as she did it, she knew what she did. And she stood up and she's like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, girl, don't even try that with me. I'm like, just, just say sorry. Like, you heard him. He's crying. Just say sorry. You, you made a mistake. She's like, I didn't do it. I already said sorry. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't. I was. I was standing right here. I saw it with my own eyes. Say sorry. I, I didn't. Nope. I'm not saying sorry. So... The whole thing ended up with her putting her nose on the wall, everybody crying, even mom and dad. And, and, but she was sitting there trying to tell me something that had happened that really hadn't happened. She was giving me an explanation for something that was offered. So if we look back to our scripture, and we look back to the very last verse, what had happened in this scripture is these people, when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, there were people all from different languages, different cultures, and they all started speaking each other's languages. That'd be like if I started speaking German to you right now. I have no idea any lick of German, but if I started speaking German right this second, that would be the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened there. And so there's observers watching, and they're like, man, they're just drunk. It's nine in the morning, but they're drunk. Like, that's what it is. These people were trying to explain away the miracles that God was doing. These people saw what had before them, they, but they were trying to explain away the miracles that God was doing. They couldn't explain it. They had no idea what was occurring in front of them. So they tried to use worldly experiences to do that. How often in your life have you prayed for something and then you see an answered prayer happen and then you should have said, oh, the medicine helped. I studied the test really hard. It's just a coincidence that that happened. 
Or God opens a door for a new job, a new relationship, a new baby, and you think, man, I did that. That was me. I worked hard for that promotion. I got the baby. I found that relationship. Or you see the love of God cross borders, cross cultures, cross people's lives, and be transformed by the Spirit and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you're like, it's normal. People accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's normal. They'll do it, and then they'll just go sin tomorrow. How many times have us as a culture normalized the work of God? If you see God working in your life or the life of your loved ones, that's a testimony to how great God is and how amazing his glory is. And we can't explain it away with earthly circumstances or normalcy. You can't succumb the work of God's hand to human normalcy. Let me tell you, if you do that, the gospel will stay right where it is. There will be no spreading the gospel if you succumb God's work to normalcy. That's how you stop the movement of God. In this scripture, these people are trying to explain away the power and the greatness of the Holy Spirit. People of all tongues in Jerusalem are speaking each other's language and sharing the gospel with each other because there's no longer a barrier of language. If I think to Haiti and I could speak their language without a translator, imagine the relationships and the gospel that I could share with them without that barrier. The point is, the gospel isn't just for us in this room. It's for all tongues, all languages, and all cultures. And because of what happened, the story of Jesus Christ was carried far beyond the disciples' reach. Far. These believers eventually returned to their homelands, taking with them the message of Jesus Christ in their languages. So my question for you is, how has God worked in your life? Or how have you seen the work of God in your life? Okay, you're thinking about it. Now, where's your homeland? Is it home? Is it work? Is it with your friends or your community? Have you taken how God has worked in your ho- worked in your life and taken it to your community? Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what Pentecost changed for us. We can now take what we've experienced and take it to our homes, to our lives. And because of this, the third point comes out of it. Because of this, the church is born. And thousands of people were converted. Regardless of what's happening in Des Moines at annual conference, regardless of what's happening across seas, regardless of what's happening in our own backyards, the church is still alive and active. Amen? Amen? Right after the Holy Spirit descended upon these people, and these people were trying to explain it away, Peter stepped in and refuted what they were saying and said, no, this is the Holy Spirit and I'm not going to tell you the rest of the sermon because I want you to go home and read it, but Peter then refuted to these people, preached a sermon, and converted 3,000 people. 3,000 people were converted with one sermon that's shorter than Mike and I's put together. Now, that's your homework. I'm going to give you homework. I want you to go and read the rest of Acts 2 tonight. When you get home, go and read the rest of Acts 2 so you can see the sermon that kicked off the Christian faith. 
and see what Peter did. The, cedar, the, the sermon that Peter gave changed lives only because he shared the truth of the gospel. So the question is, if the truth of the gospel can transform lives, do you believe it can transform someone's life on the spot? Do you think that the truth of the gospel can change someone's heart like that? Do you think God is capable of doing that? Do you think that the power of the Holy Spirit can cause a mass of people to go on to the mission of, of the church and to spread the gospel? Do you think that you can do what Peter did? I think so. You guys are the church. We're the church. We're all the church. We're all supposed to go out and spread the gospel and multiply disciples. That's an us thing. That's not a me thing or a Mike thing. That's an us thing. So, do you believe that the Holy Spirit can descend upon you in a miraculous way and transform your life? Do you think that the Holy Spirit can transform your life, your heart? And the bigger question is, for this to happen, you have to believe Jesus is who he says he was. The man who came to show us love, the love of his father, so that we don't have to carry the weight and burdens of our mistakes and our brokenness anymore. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he was God in human flesh so that he could mend the relationship between God and us? And sacrificed himself so that you could experience your creator who loves you more than anything. Anything. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The Holy Spirit came to carry out this mission. The mission of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to all the world. That's what happened on Pentecost. He came. The Holy Spirit is now in all people. You can experience the Holy Spirit. And the question is, have you felt the Holy Spirit? I remember the first time that I felt the Holy Spirit. I was on a Chrysalis weekend, and I was, I think, a freshman in college. And I was in a Marshalltown church coat closet, of all places. And we were standing around, holding hands in a circle prayer, praying for one of the speakers. And I remember standing there, holding hands, closing my eyes. And I just stood there. I raced my mind and I had this out-of-body experience where I felt lifted higher than the rest of the room. And I felt like I wasn't a part of my earthly body anymore. And I just felt something flowing through my veins and my bones. And I don't even remember the prayers that were said that day. I don't remember the prayers that I prayed that day. I hope that they were good or they were, good or they were uplifting. But I don't remember what I said because all I remember is just feeling the Holy Spirit running through my body and transforming me. And because the, here, the, the, the Holy Spirit transforms us, the gospel reach has been expanded. That was the second point. The gospel is now available for everyone because the Holy Spirit makes it, makes it, makes it available to us. There's no more walls or barriers because of the Holy Spirit. And because of this, our church is born. And it has converted thousands of people. And it's converted millions of people because you guys are sitting in this room. So it's converted some of you. So I ask again, do you believe that the Holy Spirit can descend upon you and transform your heart?
Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can still come down in a powerful way and change a group of people? Do you believe that it could descend in this room at any second? Do you believe that it could descend on annual conference? Do you pray for that to happen? Do you think it can transform you? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to change you and fill you up? And will you share that news? There's a thing that I always say uh, to the 412 students. I say it often in sermons that I give. I say, you may be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees. You may be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees. So if you're supposed to go to your homeland, wherever it is, are you exemplifying Jesus? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you showing people who Jesus is? This 3,000 that was converted on that day, they took that on and they showed their homeland who Jesus was. So think of your homeland. Where do you go from here? And do you bring Jesus with you? Will you let the Holy Spirit transform you so you can start bringing Jesus with you? Let us pray. God, this morning we, we ask that the Holy Spirit would do what it does best, would change the hearts of believers and non-believers and um, would bring love to all. God, we ask that we can, be, we can be hosts for the Holy Spirit, that we can bring the Holy Spirit to the world and that we can show your people who Jesus is, that we can be the church and we can love others and we can tell them the story of the gospel, the truth of the gospel like Peter did that day. God, we ask that we would be obedient to you and all you want of us. And it's only in your name we pray. Amen. At this time, we, we, we know that everyone has a wonderful gifts, and here at this church, we are the church, and we are alive and active, and we're using our gifts. Uh, we go into a time of offering, a, a, a point of worship, where we, we offer up our gifts to the church so that we can continue doing ministry and, and making disciples of the world for the transformation of the world. So I'm going to invite our ushers to come up uh, and take an offering. <laughs>